everyone, this is Katie from Maximum Edge, a CIC based in the UK, aimed at strengthening communities and the people within them. You can find us online at www.maximumedge.org.uk. We're also on YouTube, Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Udemy and Facebook. What's up everyone, how you doing? So today's conversation, we were carrying on with our 11 to 16 year olds theme and I wanted to carry on with the same concept that we used for TJ's conversation all around this understand before being understood. So again, this episode is something that maybe parents could also listen to as well as as the target audience, which is 11 to 16 year olds, our young adults. Today we're talking to Rob, who is a teacher, has been a teacher for several years um, we've refrained from talking about which specific school because it's not about which school he teaches at. It's more about the general conversation as to what happens in school, the support around mental health, the influences that young adults are exposed to, the social media issue, which we discussed as well with TJ's conversation. So I hope you enjoy it. So if we just start off with maybe like talking about the differences in and what you noticed from when you was at school compared to looking at the point of view from a teacher's point of view now, what differences you see? When I was in school, there was like, when we just talked about no social media whatsoever. So when we when we were in school, it was like the pressure of just being in school really and just doing, just going to lessons. And then when yeah. you went home, all I did when I went home was like, just kind of got home with my schoolwork or I was out and about, just playing with my mates for a bit. And then, then I'd come home. Whereas these days, it's like a lot of, it's like social media controls the whole situation, that's where they go in. It's like the, the teenagers these days, I find, from my point of view, they're always trying to, they're worrying about other people and what other people think about them. It's kind of like their, yeah. you know, like their status. I mean, we did have people back in our, well, back when I was in school, who liked, liked having a reputation or whatever it was called, mm-hmm. but then... These days, it's just like it's more of like an online presence that they want to do. Everyone wants to take the the selfie that's going to get them a, a thousand likes or more followers. The, this yeah. day and age, and it's kind of like that's all. That's all. Some students, I'm not saying all of them, seem to care about. You can usually tell the ones which don't really care about it as well. <laughs> the I ones think we that... all want status, though, don't we? At some level, we all want a certain to be to be known for having like a certain status and it is definitely more prominent now with young people because of social media so when i was at school in terms of like it might be like the clothes that you wore or the jacket that you had yeah was your level was your like um showed your level of status within like the school they're they're all trying to find their own identity so that's what i understand why they're doing it but it's just frustrating to see from an older, like from being older and looking at them, just being like, it's not all about your social media profile. It's not all about yeah. how many Instagram likes you get. It's not all about this. I mean, do you know what I mean? It's just, what, what does it get you? It gets you that little feeling at the end of the day where you, you feel good. Or like 20 people have liked this or 100 people. I see, I don't even know how, what's a good like, how many, what number. No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, but it, it's a similar... The, the conversation I had with TJ on a previous a previous uh, episode, we it boiled down to basically what what sort of we're discussing here. That at the time your school life is you're in the middle of your school life and it's the most important thing in your life at that point. Your whole identity is being being molded. 
you're trying to figure out where you stand in that hierarchy in school. Yeah. But at the end of the day, once school ends, you, you realise how irrelevant some of the worries and the concerns that you had, how irrelevant they really are compared to what's going to be going on in the rest of your life. That was, that was in essence, what the conversation with TJ was. And TJ, looking back from... He's only a few years out of out of college himself. He had that realization that even just eighteen months out of college, he realized, hang on, some of the stuff that was I thought was like high priority, yeah, a few years ago, yeah. isn't isn't Tri- anymore. Trivial, I call it trivial. It's trivial, like yeah, yeah. So I get people knocking on my door all the time, and the the it's it's weird because like I just kind of brush it off when they come into my room and just tell me about it. I'm just like seriously, this is what you're concerned about. <laughs> and it's it, it comes across sometimes like I don't care, but I do. They kind of like me just telling them the truth and telling them how it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we need that. Of, we kind need... of appreciate that some of them, and it's like I'm just trying to be straight with you because like once you leave school, it's like you're not going to have anyone to hold your hand or give you the answers to anything. You've got to figure things out yourself. Yeah. And you've got to have that. You've got to be resilient. And you've got to look back, and you've got to reflect on what you've done do you know what I mean and like what's yeah. so the TJ only had 18 months and then so how can you move that 18 months backwards so he was still in school mm-hmm. I know I know it's 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 hard to when you're in that bubble and I don't want I don't want these episodes that we're, we're looking at 11 to 16 year olds predominantly and I don't want these episodes to 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 seem like we're we're trying to like almost patronize or we're we understand that there is a lot going on at that age. You've got a lot yeah. of emotions going on and stuff like that. So I don't want it to seem like we're trying to... Like brush it off. Well, like brush it off as like, yeah. you know, like, it's all right. After that, it'll just all end and you'll carry on with your life and you won't have any mates or you went to school with and all that. It is an important time, but from your point of view as a teacher, from TJ's point of view as a not long after leaving that little bubble, you, you do realise how it's such a small part of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think... One thing I wanted to, to, to ask you from your point of view, do you see that almost education isn't seen as that important anymore in young people because of because of the, the social media aspect? And social media might seem like something we keep going on about, but it, it is such a massive, a massive aspect that's so different to when I was at school particularly. Do you think because you can you can almost have a career on social media? You can be a, an Instagram influencer. You can be YouTube stars. You can you can be a gamer, online gamers. Is it is it Switch or Twitch that the gaming online platform? Twitch, yeah, it's called Twitch. It's like you can. I've seen, I've seen students. Um, we were on a coach trip to Italy, twenty seven hours, right? And I saw this lad who was sat in front of me, and for like probably about eighteen hours, he was watching somebody else play a video game. Yeah. whilst he was on this coach. I thought to myself, you could have done anything during that time. You could have like <laughs> learned learned a basic language or done some of your homework or something. Yeah. And instead you're watching someone out of thought. But to me and you, to me and you, that sounds like to me personally, that sounds like oh my God. Like waste of time. But to him waste of time, but the Yeah, the oh, most important thing in the world to him that is. Yeah. But the guy who he's watching is probably earning a lucrative living from that platform yeah now if when i was like younger i'm not really into computer games anyway but say i spent like so many hours on nintendo or whatever it was back in the day 
my dad would be like, literally, what are you doing on that? It's a waste of time. There's nothing good can come from that. But now you could actually earn quite a lucrative career from somebody else watching you complete levels on a certain game and that. So my original question, yeah, you think that there is an, an attitude where maybe education isn't that important anymore because of these online platforms that people can potentially earn a lot of money from? Yeah, I do. I agree with you. The, the, I'm not saying all students, but quite a lot of them do have a like a quite a negative view of education. They see it more of a. I feel like some of them see it more of a chore than actual that yeah. it's going to help shape the future. And it's one of them. It's like they, they always say, "Well, how's how's this GCSE going to get me this place? How's this A level going to get me this place?" And it's like it's not about that. It's about you need so many qualifications or you need so many points or whatever to get into a certain to get to, to get to the next stage of your life so mm-hmm. you do the very very best you can in every single subject that you do even if you don't like the subject because in it that in itself is a lesson and a challenge for you if you don't like a subject and then you do really well and it's like do you know what I did well in this thing that I didn't like just think of the things that I do like and what I can do from there yeah or some of them just don't seem they just don't see see it as important like I say it's more of a chore and it's just like what's the point in this what's the point in that and to be fair to them it's kind of down to the teacher then of how they teach the lesson it's like yeah because like when I was in school we had well we had this one English teacher and he was we wrote on a blackboard one of them revolving ones and we had whiteboards and stuff but we just preferred this and he was proper old school but he was just dead engaging in the lesson and I went from being in like a mediocre set in English to to um like to, well to like one of the highest sets because he was just he just made it enjoyable for me All right. so it's kind of a two-way street I mean we just kind of expect some of these kids just to like put them in that lesson and go on le- learn it but the teacher's got to be enthusiastic about their subject as well to to sometimes sell it to them, do you know what I mean? Because you can, don't get me wrong, I've had, I've had good lessons, I've had really bad lessons where I'm just not feeling it. So it's all, it all, it happens to everyone. It's not like I'm saying I'm like the best teacher in the world or anything like that, but it's just. Yeah, and I can appreciate that. I can appreciate what you're saying because from my point of view, teaching a, um, a Jiu-Jitsu class, if, I, if I'm going in there, Maybe I've not had a good day. Maybe I'm a little bit tired. Maybe I didn't have the best sleep. Maybe I've not had enough food. If I go in there and I'm not feeling that lesson, that is directly going to affect oh, yeah. the motivation of the, the guys and the girls who were there paying money for me to take a class and for them to learn the art of jiu-jitsu. So I definitely do understand yeah. what you're saying in that point of view. If you're not engaged and you're not passionate about the way you're delivering the lesson and the content and what you're actually teaching, that is definitely going to affect yeah. the learner, the learner on the side. Just going back to my point about, they, they just, some of them, I'm not saying all, like I said, they just don't really see the value. Yeah. And that is so hard to instill into like a young person from year seven to, because like from year seven to year 11, it's just kind of like, you see some people mature so quickly and then they get, they get it, they get it. Some of them get it in year 10. Right, and knuckle down. Some of them start year seven and they're just switched on, and they're like, Yep, I'll do this. And they're just all the way through to year 11, they're brilliant. So you're not going to catch them at every age. And it's just it's just finding that little spark in each of them going, Right, well, what, what do you like doing? What do you like doing? And it's like I say, it's, you need they need to understand the value of it to be able to engage in it properly. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen have you seen examples of 
maybe were a pupil um, has started with you in, in year seven and maybe you, you've had them for a few years maybe or even a few months and you see that change in them and they go on to, to thrive maybe. Have you, have you seen some examples of that? And if so, could you give some examples of maybe what, could you pinpoint what that was, that little spark or that, that thing that made them change? Yeah, I've, I've, well, I've seen it from both aspects. I've seen it from they start in year seven like a blank canvas, all like happy little. They'll do anything. To, they're dead enthusiastic. They'll they'll do anything to like get your attention and like sir sir put their hand up for everything. And it's kind of like the kind of only babies then still. And then they start developing over years eight and nine. They get to year nine and they have this rush of hormones and they all start like going in little groups then and they all start discovering who they are. The girls start well, practicing with makeup. Sorry, and Ed, so year, year nine is what age is year nine? About 13. So I don't really pay it, it, it to me because they all start in year seven and they're all just tiny. And then you just yeah. see them growing. All, all, all that happens is they get taller. <laughs> they just get taller, some of them, and some of them actually get more mature and switch on in a certain age. Like I say, year nine or 10. Yeah. And then it's just kind of like, like there was this one lad and he used to be like quite disruptive and quite naughty and then all of a sudden he came in and i had a joke with him and i thought fresh 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 slate so i'm not going to start taking the mickey out of him or start winding him up and he came in said good morning sat down he started asking me questions and i thought he's not asking me quite he'd never usually ask me questions like this before and then he just started throughout the week i thought is he just doing it to try and wind me up or is he is he turned a new page here or something like that and then he was like that all year. He was he was brilliant all year, and then we had to give at the end of the year like awards and stuff. And so I voted him for like the best, like improved in my one of my classes. And I was just speaking to him. I was like, "What, what's what's changed for you? What's going on?" And he was like, "Well, he goes cadets, so we started going cadets. Who obviously started instilling some like responsibility in him and like ownership and stuff like that. And then he was a." Uh, I think he wanted to go into a career in the army, or the air force. Nice. So he was in the, and he just so he was like became polite then, and he was just, you yeah. could see he had a bit of drive to him, and he had like a little goal he was aiming towards. And I thought yeah. he's come a long way and he's changed, and it, that that was a nice story. Do you know what I mean? But I've seen it plenty the other way as well, where it goes downhill and they just let things affect them too much. And yeah, how much do you think? Um... The peer pressure in terms of getting involved in alcohol and gangs. I don't know if there's any any sort of gang culture in, in the school and that, but definitely the pressures on young people to to start looking at alcohol and smoking and then getting in with like the the wrong crowd, so to speak. Yeah, that's well, the it's it's well, it's the thing to do, and even if it's even if it's not, it's we're all well, it's where if you're popular, you're gonna do things like that, like popular and in inverted commas. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just again, it's all about status and reputation for some of them, and it's just, it is, it is difficult for some of them because they, they get pressured into doing it. Yeah, they don't, they don't want to do it. I've not really seen any gang culture where I, where I'm based, like, but I do, I do definitely overhear them talking about, are oh, we coming down this weekend? Are we going to go and, uh, are we going to a shout, which they're calling parties now, apparently? A what? A shout. A shout, yeah. A shout. To I'll have to start using that that word in my vocabulary now, then, yeah. Yeah, we're out, we're, like I always say it in lessons sometimes, and they look at me and cringe, and they're like, "Oh." Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, do you know what else I found out as well? The, uh, do you know like Airbnb where you can like rent a, an apartment and stuff like that? Yeah. Apparently, someone rents an apartment and they all go for a party around there. All right. So 
it's like whereas we used to do it on the field it's like yeah. now now it's in someone's house who, who's renting it out and stuff like that so the pressure's massive yeah. on them because they, they're in a house in a secluded building do you know what i mean there's no no one's going to come and pester them the police aren't going to turn up and obviously, on top of that, you can be filming it for your Snapchat videos and all that in it to get more likes and more status. Exactly. I've seen it on foot. Like, people say, do you want to see this thing on my phone? I'm like, no, I don't. No, I don't. And it's like, oh, did you see thing at this party? I'm like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to see that if they're, if they're being idiots of themselves. <laughs> you talk about like the, maybe the more disruptive kids. How is school looking to like engage with them? Do, they, do you take into account maybe the different learning styles? Maybe... Maybe a pupil might not learn in the conventional way by, I don't know if that's the same thing as, as it's taught in school, but teachers stood at the front of the class, teaching, just audio, talking, textbook. Yeah. yeah. Is, school, is school good at incorporating uh, and catering for all the different learning styles now? Are yeah, we, most schools have a quite a decent, well, that's the, the most schools have... I know we're just generalising, but... Yeah, most schools have like quite a decent like inclusion program and things like that. So like when I was in school, we never used to have anything like this, but now I've worked in a few schools and they have like inclusion rooms or like they call it remove or where they get is taken that, out of Is that seen get, as a negative though? to so like the individual who's being took, took out? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, some people, some of the students actually want to be there. They want, they, they get put in there on purpose. I found because the, it's just a sit-off for them, and they're just going. They're put in a room with a computer or a bunch of worksheets, and they sit there all day and they don't do anything. I mean, some of them, some of them right. like doing it because it gets them out of gets them out of double maths for the afternoon or something like that. But so we the never had that, The purpose of that is to then remove like the destructive young person from the environment, rather than yeah, rather than like engage with them and find out like why, what the issues are. It's just to well, remove they, them from the. We, they do engage with them, but they do it on all different levels. I mean, sometimes they put them on report and they give them like targets that they have to hit or they give them like a positive behaviour report that the teacher fills in after the lesson. And then if oh, they, right. but, but again, it's, I don't know if that's any good or not, because basically what it is, is if you, if you get across or something and they might take 10 minutes off you. So you don't care how you get through that day as long as you get like loads of ticks. So you, you might you might sit and shut up for the whole day just to get like loads of ticks and the teachers if the teacher who's lesson you don't like or you're being disruptive with, you won't even sit there and be disruptive. They'll just sit there in silence or just not engage and just not say anything. So it's not like I see what you mean, yeah, yeah. Even trying or trying to improve sometimes. It's more just like, well I need to do this so I don't get ten minutes after school. Yeah, so it's two extremes, and it there's the one extreme is one end of the spectrum is to get yourself removed from the actual environment and lesson. And the other end of the spectrum is to literally just put your head down, not engage, and survive the lesson that way almost, isn't it? Yeah, so I mean, there's no. I mean, we we do detentions in our schools too, and so I saw do quite a lot of schools too, but I've not seen a system yet. I saw one on Facebook the other day, actually, but I've, I've never seen it in, in person, just like theory. And it's like, it's more of like a reflective system and you engage that way and, and reflect with the students. And it's like, how could you have done something differently there? What would yeah. you do differently next time? Um, do you know what I mean? You kind of look at your mistakes and look at your, and you learn from them and you kind of reflect on them, which I've never seen in person, but do you know what I mean? I really love to because I reckon that, I reckon that's a really good method. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that's almost a life skill, that being able to to reflect on things that have happened during the day or whatever. Like that's 
that's something valuable that even adults can start taking advantage of and incorporating into their lives and that, isn't it? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, big time. Like, you, you, you never ever, you never stop reflecting and it's like, like when obstacles get in your way or mistakes and stuff like that, instead of just kind of giving up and going, no, I'm not doing this anymore, it's more like, well... The obstacle is the way, mate, it's like you said. It. What can I do differently? What can I do differently? How can I go about it? Yeah, yeah. What can I learn from this? And it's just, yeah. I don't know, sometimes I feel that it's just a fear of failing mostly in, in younger people they've just got that fear of failing not giving it a go that's a massive thing and that i think that is something that society as a whole i don't know how i don't know the answers but we need to really like from a young age start to start to show that fail, as long as you learn from getting stuff wrong that this fear of failure is is not it's not like relevant it shouldn't be a thing you know what I mean? And that fear of failure then carries on just through your life, through your adulthood, to where we literally do never, we never step outside of our comfort zone for yeah. fear of failure. Well, I think fear that of failure is just fear of like ridicule, isn't it, by your peers, basically? Well, that's it. That's what one, it brings. What I was going to say is, I suppose in a way as well, if we're relating it back to school, from my point of view, it's how you communicate with them. So some some people get stuff wrong in my lesson. And you can kind of see it in their eyes, they've done something wrong and they think that they're gonna, they think I'm gonna stand there and shout at them. Yeah. Because they've got something wrong. And I'm like, it's okay to get things wrong. It's all right, you're gonna learn from it. But yeah. from a young age, I don't know, they might, have, they might have been like shouted at from getting things wrong. So it's that communication. It's like, if we can get them from an earlier age and say, it's okay to get it wrong here, just try again. Yeah. So you've got to be one of them teachers who are kind of approachable as well. So you you're not standing there screaming at them forgetting you've got this question wrong about the capital cities in Europe. How dare you should know this. It's like do you know what I mean? And they go from lesson to lesson sometimes getting shouted at. So it's like Yeah, that's you gonna understand still... why there's behaviour issues and why they misbehave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is definitely gonna um, instill some sort of unhealthy values and beliefs in it if you're being shouted at. Because you well, get wrong all the time, so you're just gonna pass it, you just, and you're just gonna pass it on. I think it's okay. So when you see someone failing, you'll just end up shouting at them, and it's just yeah. it's just domino effect then, and it's just yeah, yeah. it's not good. Yeah, I think three three like fundamental things that I wish I'd have been told or taught when I was younger would be like that. It's okay to fail, and it's okay to be different, and it's okay to not necessarily fit in. Do you know what I mean? We don't have to follow the same path as the, the popular, again, in inverted commas. We don't have to follow the same path as everybody else. It's okay to just be different and follow your own interests. It's okay to fail and it's okay to make mistakes, I think. It's, I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree. And we, we've had we've had assemblies on stuff like that and people come in, like, talking about, like, one of the points or two of them or, you know, just a few different yeah. things. And, like, they sit there, but I think it's the way it's delivered to them because usually it's delivered to them in a... Sat there in assembly, and they're just kind of looking at the screen for an hour or yeah, fifteen yeah, minutes. And it's like, how's this fifteen-minute lesson going to make a difference in my life? It's like you need this in an hour a week. Yeah, you need you need a reflection hour a week, or you need a lesson. You need like life lesson. This is how we're going to do. Uh, right, this is this situation. You can't pay your mortgage, and you're running out of money. What do you do? What do you do in this situation? Do you go yeah. and borrow here? Do you do this? Do you do that? Definitely. And, they don't you don't have anything like that and I've, I've even asked students me i'm like you know when we've got a bit of time when you've done your exams what would you like to do what do you want to do and they're like we want to know how to like different 
bank accounts, mortgages, what's a finance, what's what's this? And I kind of laugh because I'm thinking, do you know what? Nobody told me this. I had to guess for myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Figure it out myself. And I thought, wow, I'm making an adult decision here. And it's like, well, yeah. they don't get the opportunity to do that, though, because it's kind of like, don't sit in here and do this. So I understand the points you made are 100% right, but they, they don't get enough time to put them in practice. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely, it's something I've never thought about, the point you just brought up then about maybe kids actually do want to learn um, more, like, life-specific skills, if you like, for the want of a better yeah. term. Yeah. Yeah, I've never, I've never thought about no, that before. They do, I've, I've asked a few people, like, over the years, and it, it seems to be one of them. So, like, usually at the end of the year, if we've got a bit of time, do you know when, like, usually people are watching films and stuff and just wasting time? Yeah. I, uh, I'll do like a, a spreadsheet lesson about finances. I'm like, you've got this amount of money and these are the things you can spend it on. And people are like, oh, I'll spend 50 quid on FIFA and I'll do this, this and this. And I'll go out with my mates. And I'm like, well, are you going to pay your mortgage? Are you going to pay your water yeah. bill at the end of the month because you've spent it on this, this and this? And they're like, right, okay. And uh, I usually put it from their perspective and make them adults and say yeah. to them, like, you've got two kids, you've got this, this, you need to provide for this person. They just look at you with blank faces and I'm like, no idea. <laughs> I've seen an example of that myself where I work at um, Lee Community Trust. Two of the lads who work with us, Mick and Oz, they run a programme. It's like a 12-week programme, take people out of school, people with like behavioural issues and stuff, and they run a similar exercise where they say to the kids, right, you, you're on 20 grand a year job, you tell me your budget and what you want to save and what you want to do, what you want to have. And they'll come up with all sorts of like, I want to drive a Merc. I want to go on two holidays a year. I want to own a five bedroom house. And like, right, you're on 20 grand. Let's break that down. And they do the same thing you're talking about. And by the end of it, like, oh my God, yeah. I've got no money left. I can't, you know what I mean? Like what they consider like you can, you can afford and, what you want to well, do in life? It, it, I give them a job. I usually what I do. What I usually do is a print out an A3 piece of paper with like jobs and salaries on it. And I'm like, right, you need to pick one of these jobs. <laughs> and they're like, where's football player, sir? And I'm like, why are you? Uh, why are you looking for football player? And they're just like, well, because they get paid a lot of money. And I'm thinking <laughs> it, that's all it seems to be about. Sometimes it's just like how much I can earn, so I can just waste my money on materialistic things. It's like it's is it as a question for you? It might be, might be. I don't want to put you on the spot, and it might be a difficult question well, to answer. But those those kids who, who are saying like they've got dreams, they've got aspirations to become maybe footballers, maybe musicians, maybe things that aren't relatively like normal careers. What what do you maybe yourself personally or in general? The teachers tend to like put them down or dismiss those dreams as nah, I'm daydreaming that or. How do, you, how do you answer a question? How do you, how do you I, go with that? I, that's difficult, that, because it's it kind of depends on the kind of teacher you are and the person you are as well. I mean, some people will just tell them straight and it'll just be like, it'll kind of depend on the students as well. Like, if, if you get students and they're like, okay, at sports and they want to play football and they mess around in every lesson, it's like, well, how, how do you expect it to make it the professional football player if you can't follow instructions and you can't learn discipline, you can't work in a team? You can't do that. So I just turn it back round and give them all these like key points. How do it? But then you try and give them the truth. You don't lie to them or like laugh at the dreams because if you put someone's dream down, do you know what I mean? You've, you've instantly they're instantly on the defensive then. Yeah. So you kind of like I just kind of go, go on then. Explain to me how you're going to get to this goal. 
And if they can say to me, right, I'm going to do A, B, C, and D. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to do this. I'm going to train. This is what I do. I'm like, do you know what? Good for you. Keep going. Whereas some of them are like, some of them are like, well, oh, my dad's just going to pay for me to go to college, and then I'm going to go to a private school, and I'm just going to yeah. play sport in my spare time. And I'm just like, right, okay. So I just kind of throw questions back at them, I'm like, right. So what if this goes wrong? What if what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? And they kind of just like, well, and they just come up with these weird and wonderful excuses all the yeah. time, and it just makes me smile because I just think, well, you've got to set yourself little little targets. If you came to me and you're like. Sir, I played for the sports team, and then uh, I've been picked for United, and I'm like, brilliant, really good. What, what's next for you? How's it going? What are you looking yeah. for? So, and I've seen examples of that. There's a girl in my form, and she's a uh, well, my old form. She'd started out. She plays for the um, England netball team now. Oh, nice. And, she's, and because she's so driven, and she, she was telling me all these things. This is what I want to do next. So I want to play for, I want to play for this team. I want to play for the B team, then the A team. And she went and did it. And yeah. I was just like, how do you take that mindset from someone that young and put it in other people that age and be like, right, can you all be like this? Yeah. But, what do you think it is then? What's the difference? The difference. Is it how they're brought up? Is it yeah, influences, the influences it, around them? Yeah, yeah. It's the parents. It's the, the, the peers around them. It's their own mental maturity. It's like, because some of them, like... Some kids are resilient. Some kids do not care what other people think of them, and they're just yeah. they're driven. And it's like, good for you. And it's like they're just like little adults. Some of them. Yeah. To be honest, at that age as well, it's powerful that as well. Not 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 caring what other people think about you. It's a it's almost like a little a gift to have at that age as well. Because you. It's from, like from my perspective, looking back, I can I know the the kids who I went to school with and that, and the people who I went to school with who didn't care what other people think of them. And in general, a lot of them have gone on to like be, be successful in their chosen. hundred percent. There was this lad in my form and he was just dead quiet and people used to take the mickey out of him and stuff like that. And I was always just like, I was always all right to him. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't one of these kids who picked on people. I didn't really, I don't see the value of putting somebody else down. I think, do you know what I mean? Address, address your own issues before you start pointing your finger. But yeah, it's just like, he he went on to become really successful and really good job. You've got, I think he's married now, and I'm just like, do you know what I mean? It's just like you say, having that resilience at such a young age is like, do you know when you play a game and you were, uh, well, you, if you don't play games, but I'm playing a game at the minute, it's like you get a level up, right? And it makes you that slightly little bit better. But like you say, having that mentality at such a young age, it's like getting a big bonus or a level up. It's just, you yeah, can cope definitely, so yeah. Oh. You can yeah. cope so much more and you can interact with adults better. And if you can interact with adults better and put your, get your points across, you can, you can usually get your own way and win arguments and win negotiations with them and stuff like that. And yeah, 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 definitely. I, mean, I love the answer that you give to that last that last sort of question about people um, saying maybe they want to be a footballer or they want to be a professional musician or they want to do something what is considered out the norm. I love the fact that like you, you turn it around on them and ask them to tell you what values are needed for that role. What plan have you got in place to do that? What steps are you taking? Yeah. Really, really good answer, yeah. yeah. No, well, it, it, it jogged my memory because just before we left, um, just before like we got shut down, we, um, we had to put on our classrooms um, all the jobs we had and what skills we learnt in them jobs. 
Yeah. So, so I, I listed all my jobs down and I was just like, yep. Yeah. And people were like, so you only learned how to be in a team after when you were like 22. I'm like, yeah, that's when I started realizing how to speak to people properly when I was 22. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That which is <laughs> when I was when I was in prime, when I was in high school and I looked at a 22 year old, I was like, that's a man or a woman that they yeah, know yeah. the answers to everything. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You, you don't. Um, we don't know the answers to everything still, do we? I know. I know. I remember listening to, um, I think it was an episode of a podcast, London Real, and one of the quotes that stand out for me, or the points, uh, a point that he had to get across was that if you've got a goal and you write this goal down, whatever the goal is, is everything congruent to achieving that goal? So is your body language, your physiology, is it all saying that, is it all working towards? Is your goals, your philosophy, right. your mindset, is everything... Yeah. Set up. So you can fix so like you can fix like your physical fitness and is it pointing in the right direction? But you've got to fix like your your mental yeah. as well and points. Yeah. It's all your. It's everything you do congruent to achieving this end goal, whether it be footballer, um, musician, elite athlete, businessman, yeah. Yeah. whatever it is. Uh, is everything you do in your life congruent? Yeah. What well, about that is, with, is everything with the you play? Yeah. No, well, I agree with you because, like, even with the footballer example, I turn around to the kids and say to them, "What do you think? You're you're putting these footballers on a pedestal, and it's like some of them have their own deep, deep issues that they're dealing with. They've got their own weaknesses that they're trying to battle, and their demons are trying to battle. It's like it's not like you become a footballer, then everything's okay. Yeah. So I, I try and turn it around and just try and get them to think about it a bit. But sometimes you get through, sometimes you don't. Yeah, yeah. That's a good segue then to. Um... What, how is mental health treated in schools now? Because obviously mental health amongst young people is like massive. How do schools deal with some of the, the mental health issues? What stuff is in place? Our school's got loads of stuff in place for mental health. Uh, is there opportunities for kids to talk about stuff? In Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have... Um, well, we, we're form I'm a form tutor and like I have like an open door policy. So parents even I tell them that they can come in and chat to me and stuff like that. Uh, obviously, if it's flagged up as like a safeguarding issue, I have to flag that up and I tell the student that oh, I'm like, yes. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to tell like the pastoral. Uh, we have pastoral teams who deal with like all like issues that arise. We've got, we've got like a little area where the kids can go to like a not a counselling oh, session, but they can, it's just kind of we've got like a like offload. Yeah, they can just yeah. They, so, they, and we we have like special assemblies. We have. We have days off timetable where they'll do yoga or they'll do like nice. art therapy. Um, so well, there, there is... mindfulness and that has that been incorporated into school at all? Mindfulness and meditation and all that kind of stuff. We we have uh, like five steps to well-being in our school. So it's one 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 term. It might be physical fitness. One term it might be mental health. One term it might be. So they, they do do a lot, but there's just not enough time. Of course, yeah. There's just not enough time. Like I would. Honestly, it needs, I don't know, maybe an afternoon. It needs like two or three hours. And it's like you start the day, you start, or you start the day with a, you start the day with an hour yoga. And yeah. it's like, that, even that would sort you out. Yeah, or you yeah, start, yeah. start the day reflecting what you're going to do, what are your goals today, right? This is what I want to achieve today. I don't know, we don't, they don't do anything like that. Or yeah. some schools might have it in place, but you've got that much pressure on you as a teacher to pass these messages out to, 
you've got to get this message out, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. It just sometimes it slips under the net, really, if I'm being yeah. honest. And it's just yeah. kind of, for some More. people as well, it's seen as just like a chore than a than something to do. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. which, is a, which is a shame because... It's almost like there's a lot, from my outside perspective, and I'm quite um, naive when it comes to like the teacher's role and stuff like that. Like obviously a lot's changed since I was at school, but um, I'd imagine that there's a lot of pressure on teachers just to almost hit targets, get these kids through these exams. Um, well, that's it. Get them yeah, set up for is. these exams, get them set up for these SATs, get them the, they need the career choices, they need to do the work experience. Yeah, yeah that's it. So there, there's a lot of pressure for like, value and statistics and results and stuff like that which is schools of business at the end of the day but it's yeah it's it's one of them it's how do you deal with the the tools which are going to get you them results and the tools of the kids it's like you've got to are you, are you just going to push them and push them and not care about them and get you the results that they need or are you going to like nurture them and talk to them and yeah do you know what i mean but it's one of them like you say and then on the other hand as well we've got I hate to say it, but we do have some students, I find, who use mental health to their advantage just to avoid getting out of certain situations Yeah. as well. So it's like, but it's, it's hard for you to say because it's like, who am I to tell you you're not feeling anxious or who am I to say you're not feeling depressed or unhappy? Do you know what I mean? I, I am not used to like it. So it's really difficult for me to say that to somebody, but you can see a pattern sometimes. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, I get that, and I understand where you're coming from with that. Like, it, there are people who, in every walk of life, not just talking about young adults or kids now, yeah, yeah, you get adults yeah. who will yeah. pull a fast one, knowing that there's a real, a real, um, a real issue around mental health and that nowadays. People, people see a gap and a loophole where they could maybe get an advantage, and people will take it. And unfortunately, there's there's no real way of knowing. Only the individual is accountable for their own um, actions in that, aren't they? You can only do what you can do, but what's the um, what's the kind of stigma in school, especially in terms of men or young young men? It's there's always been a stigma around talking about your your emotions or getting stuff off your chest. There's there's a lot of work and a lot of um, organisations now trying to do a lot of good work to dispel the myths. Yeah, that it's okay to talk. Men should be able to talk about their emotions. You obviously see an increase in in men as they get older, the risk of suicide and all that because there's that stigma that we're not allowed to talk about our feelings. Do you see stuff in school that because we're too manly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is yeah. that. that. No, no, I see that. Weak. If you don't, if you don't, if you talk about your emotions or you get upset in public, yeah. you're considered weak. Do you oh, see yeah. a do you see a change in that stigma in school at all? No, no, we see that all the time. So lads don't lads won't tell us. They get angry. Most of them. Most lads yeah. get angry and clench their fists and lash out and misbehave they they do their emotions that way um because it's seen as weakness so they try and turn that weakness i think into into like aggression sometimes so it's kind of like it's more like forceful in your face instead of like you know like feeling vulnerable the two they're afraid to feel vulnerable most of the lads but it's it's strange because i actually have seen some of them break down to me and it's usually over usually over girls to be honest with you so that's that but if it if it's if it's the girls involved, then usually the lads will they'll open up about stuff like that if it's relationship-wise. But when it comes to their own mental health, or they're feeling sad, they're feeling anxious about their exams, they're feeling yeah, 
they're unhappy with themselves, they don't like the way they look or anything like that. It'd be, it's very difficult for them to get to talk about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They show their behaviour in other other kind of emotions and maybe use anger as a, a coping mechanism rather than... Yeah, anger, bullying, take, take it out on someone else, uh, disruptive behaviour, just... just just it manifests in all sorts of ways. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading reading somewhere that sometimes when people show a certain emotion, whether it be anger, um, or like like any behaviour such as bullying, there's always something masked. That is not that is not necessarily the behaviour that the you want to portray or the emotion that they're not just because they show anger, they're not feeling anger. They're actually feeling something else. Yeah, it's. Di- I usually. If I ever see any of the lads like that, I usually just say to them, I just give them a message and just say, my door's always open. If you want to come and speak to me about anything, then it, it doesn't go back to anybody. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to have a go at you. It's just more of you need to open up about things. I mean, yeah, it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength if you can talk about your feelings. Of course, yeah. I think it's... it's I don't know. Again, I don't know the answers. This is just me and you like talking and having a conversation about it. But it... It develops if we if we carry on with this this stigma that men, if they do talk about their emotions and that, are considered weak and are considered not as manly. If we carry on with that stigma, and obviously we're seeing signs now of men my age, especially in St. Helens, um, St. Helens is considered the statistics show that it's the suicide capital of, of England apparently, and it's men between the ages of. Um, early 40s to mid 50s who have lived with that stigma all the life that they can't show their emotions they're not allowed to talk for fear of being considered weak and that but it has to start at a young age to dispel those myths yeah we need to we need to educate young people and that might mean educating the parents who have grown up with that stigma as well that it is okay to show your emotions it's okay to talk about stuff get off your chest feel vulnerable in, the, in what you were saying before, it's very important. Otherwise, that is gonna, that trend is gonna carry on. Where men, once they once they reach middle age, and they feel like they can't get stuff off the chest, everything compounds, doesn't it? So it's like a bottle of pop. You shake that bottle of pop over time. Eventually, the only outlet it's got is to just explode. And that's oh, what yeah, yeah, you're, ex- you're you're ex- you're basically explaining what my dad used to be like. Uh, yeah, he was just he was just kind of he, he never discussed his feelings or I mean. He didn't discuss how we how he was ever, and he just used to let it build up and build up and stress for him. And then he he wasn't like I'm not saying he was an idiot or anything, because do you know what I mean? He was, but he, he, he used to like just, just do that. childish little childish little things and just sulk or have a go at us about something. And I just used to think, why is he behaving that way? And I, I thought that behaviour was all right, so I used to do that growing up as well. Yeah, yeah. It's only when I realise it's like mm, that wasn't my, that was not the right thing to do. Yeah, but at the time. I mean, yeah. general, in general, people people are doing the best with the resources that they have got. Yeah. So if, oh, yeah. If people so don't think, know any difference, then yeah. they're going to act in a certain way which they feel is the only way they can act. And unless and they know is, a different way, then they're not going to act any other way, are they? That's what I mean. I mean, I'm just as well. Like, do you know what's happening at the minute? Because we're all stuck in. Yeah. I just feel I just feel like quite a lot of older men might they, they just. They don't know how to handle it, and they just won't know how to cope with it. And it's just so they'll they'll result back to the child mentality of just lashing out or being being bullies or being idiots or yeah, or even using using um like alternative trying to escape the situation. And how can we escape the situation in the current climate is by just drinking loads of booze or 
drinking. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Out, take it out on your kids, take it out on your missus, take it out on your mates, your family. It's just, it's one of them. It's it's really going to test a few people, this. It will do. And I think we'll see a massive, I know we're drifting off topic slightly, but I think once this is all done and dusted, we'll see a massive um, increase in, I know there, there's already a massive awareness about mental health, but I think it'll go through the roof. I think I think people will be snatching businesses' hands off for it. You know, like we really need you in here. I mean, yeah. it's so it's something which, when I was in school, I ran a, it was something called the Edge program, and it was like the well health and well-being program at school. But it was kind yeah. of just like a, it was just kind of like a little side job. Do you know what I mean? It's called a TLR, so it's kind of you run that. And I didn't really do a good enough job with it, to be honest, because yeah. I just didn't know enough about it and. I wish I would have done a better job if I could do it again, and because it's it's quite a big thing, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, and like I said, I think once all this is over, like there'll be massive issues with um, loneliness, isolation, um, people depression because of the isolation and all that kind of stuff, like and the anxiety of maybe even getting back out in public and dealing with people again. There'll be massive like anxiety issues around all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, like people stuck in their own houses. All of, was it agoraphobia? That was all like. Yeah, yeah, agoraphobic. Yeah, yeah. People who have had babies and they don't want to leave the kids because they've been with them for six months solid. And it's like yeah. they don't want to leave them. It's just kind of like you just don't know what's going to happen. I know, I know, I know. So, but uh, that's all I had um, sort of on my list. I don't know if you want to add anything else, mate, about any other issues that you sort of see that's that's relevant. Just trying to think. Um, no, I think we've covered quite a lot of things. Yeah, we've covered quite a, a, all the stuff I jotted down. And when I spoke to my my sister-in-law, she's eighteen, and uh, I've got another one who's sixteen as well. I just I asked both of them some of these questions, and they oh, just nice. it was weird. They came back to me with stuff I already talked to you about about the yeah. learning life lessons about. That's something that that's that's probably one of the the more something I wasn't expecting like me so and when, TJ you back, honestly, when you go back to work if you're if your work can offer some sort of workshop doing that those schools will snatch your hand off yeah I mean yeah a lot of the points that we've covered were stuff that I assumed would come up but that was um, quite surprising actually yeah that people young adults would be holding their hand up to learn more more like life life skills for the if you that's what you want to call it like yeah yeah no yeah they, they, they do and it's it's I mean, we just don't have the well, there's not even a lesson for it or anything like that. It's more of they kind of bung it into PHSE or something, and it's just it's kind of what's that? What's PHSE? What's that stand for? Physical, social health education or sexual health education. It's worded differently in different schools. I mean, the best school I ever went to, right? I did my training in one. And uh, they offered um, vocational in the school, the bot the basement of the school, they did bricklaying. So these lads were bricklaying and it was like I went into the class and it was all the naughty lads who were classed as naughty and they were all just like that class learning a skill just smashing it out and I thought this is really really good to see them do this again though it goes back to my point before about how how do schools engage with maybe young adults who don't learn in the normal conventional ways so like they might be I mean I'm, I'm I'm assuming I'm just like talking in general but those those Adult males may be not engaging in English class because it's taught by a teacher stood at the front of the class on a on a whiteboard, and they might not learn that way. But yeah. hands on, hands on laying bricks, kinesthetic learning, 
Yeah. That's where they thrive. Yeah, that's why in, in my lessons I try and do um I try and, well I try and provide for all sorts of learners. Like all we do, we we've been doing podcast lessons, we do like video lessons and we show like screenshots. Yeah. So like for video learners, sometimes you need the teacher stood there or sometimes we bring in computers so it's like physical so they can see things working because yeah. that's the that's the only way to teach some of them sometimes. But you've only got an hour in a lesson and it's kind of like this is this is the exam. This is what they need to know. Get cracking sometimes, and it's kind of like, yeah. right, okay. It's difficult, mate, isn't it? Have you seen the? Uh, I think it's the Swedish educational system. No. There's a, few, there's a few documentaries on it. I'm pretty sure it's Sweden, and it's like they basically go into school kids, and it's like, right, what what do I want, what do I want to do today? Right, I feel like doing art. Right, come on, let's go to art class. It starts at ten. Let's let's go and do gardening for like two hours. Right, okay, let's do that. And then they, they kind of pick and choose what they want to do. So the, the, they're almost the teachers are giving the kids like full ownership of the daily tuition, yeah. Yeah. So I, I teach my I teach my class eleven o'clock. This is what we're doing at eleven o'clock. We're doing like algorithms. It's like right, okay, we'll get people in at this time, and yeah, we want to learn it. So all the kids who are there want to be there. Yeah. But yeah. you could only do stuff like that over here if you like own a private school, I reckon. Yeah. Couldn't do that. Like I said it. Something else that I've never really thought about, and you, you, you said it before, that school's a business at the end of the day, isn't it? That's, that's something that, me being on the outside, naive, I don't I don't think about that. I don't think some, it's really being some schools, Some schools, like, all they care about is the performance tables and the league tables. It's like the Prem. It's like you get so many points for yeah. this, this and this, and you get more funding if you if you get this, this amount of kids through or... Do you know what I mean? If your school's seen as outstanding, it's more desirable. So we need to keep it at this level. So we need to do this, this, and this. And it's kind of like, right, okay, this yeah. is not what I signed up for sometimes. But it's like, well, that's that the way it is. It's like going down corporate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Well, nice one, Rob. Anyway, I appreciate you uh, taking the time out to talk to us about some of these issues today. No, it's all right. Yeah. Anytime. Nice one, mate. All right, I'll speak to you soon then, Dave.